Welcome back to The Takeaway. I'm Todd Zwillick. When a new movement is born, new words and new ideas come along with it. That's been the case with this Me Too movement as well. There's a term that keeps coming to mind and that a few women have said to me overtly, and it is dream crushers. And it is the idea that whatever your experience may be, these in many cases are women and sometimes young women with aspirations, aspirations to be writers, to be journalists, to be actors. And when something like this happens, when an assault happens, when harassment happens, when repeated behavior like this happens, I think to some extent, you internalize it. You internalize it. You perhaps don't fulfill those dreams that you might have had. That's Jessica Bennett you're hearing there, gender editor for The New York Times. Each week we bring you a conversation between Jessica and Koa Beck, editor-in-chief of Jezebel. This week, Jessica and Koa talk about how harassment and assault have pushed women out of industry after industry over the years and whether that's really starting to change. There was one woman in particular in in a case involving a playwright in Boston who You know, she's now in her 50s. She was 28 at the time. And it was her first real acting job. And so she had high hopes and huge aspirations. And this director, Israel Horowitz, had taken an interest in her. And describing it to me, you know, 30-odd years later, she said, yeah, you know, I heard a term used to describe this type of person recently. They are dream crushers. I mean, you hear these echoes of careers that would have been. And and this conversation is very particular to, you know, women who have access to these professions and want to break into these specific industries. And I think one of my takeaways, uh, particularly being very professionally ambitious myself, is these stories, these contributions, these artistic narratives that we have lost because of violence and harassment and I've read so many pieces uh, over the course of my own life about how come there aren't any female directors? How come there aren't any female screenwriters? How come there aren't many female producers? And within this news cycle and in this post-Weinstein climate, I think we're getting our answer. Here's why. Absolutely. And, you know, if you look back through history, there are actually a lot of cases that go to show this as well. And it's not just actors. It's not just literature and writers and these kind of privileged fields. I was reading about And this was sort of before my time, so I didn't remember it. But in 1991, there was this case that was known as Tailhook. And it involved a woman named Paula Coughlin, who was a Navy lieutenant. And basically what happened was she was at a conference in Las Vegas, and she was sexually assaulted by naval and marine officers. Mm -hmm. She ultimately won her case, and she continued to be in the Navy. And yet a couple of years later, she basically got pushed out, you know, mm-hmm. like she w- didn't feel comfortable. She was forever then known as a whistleblower. And in, in these cases, they're very common. There was another case, Rena Weeks, who sued a law firm also in the 90s. And this at the time was the largest sexual harassment settlement that had occurred. And she was a secretary and a law partner did all sorts of disgusting things to her. And anyway, she sued and she won. And then there was an interview with her a couple of years back that I read in Fortune about how her lawyer turned to her and was like, you're never going to work again. Mm-hmm. And she didn't. Mm-hmm. She didn't work again. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I wonder if that's changing. Koa, do you think that that's different now? I think that what is changing is that you have a number of 
outlets, production companies, industries rather as a whole, you can say factually, um, who are atoning. And so that's what accounts for these firings. In terms of what happens to the women they violated, uh, we will see. Much like the case that you uh, just shared, it's often a long view and it's often something that's not immediately clear. I once interviewed um, Gretchen Carlson's attorney in the spring of 2016, and she handles sexual harassment and has for many years. And one of the things that she was very clear with me on with all her clients, not just Gretchen, is that if you're going to push forward with these allegations, you not only won't have a career anymore, you will not work in this field anymore. And again, we're talking to very ambitious women who have generally either sunk many years into these lines of work or absolutely intend to. And so putting them in a position where they're made to weigh their own emotional and often physical well-being against career ambitions is dream crushing. Yeah, and I think what we're talking about, it's almost two different things here, equally terrible, but on the one hand, okay, so you call out your employer for sexual harassment. Maybe you sue. Maybe you win. And then forevermore, you are Googleable under that, and you're mm-hmm. worried that you won't get a job. But I think there's this other side of the coin, which is people who experience something. Maybe they speak up. Maybe they don't. But they basically take themselves out of the field. They take mm-hmm. themselves out of the running. In this particular case that I was talking about, where the playwright had repeatedly harassed over long periods of time a number of women. There's one woman who she essentially described how, you know, she was sort of this star in her early 20s. She went to NYU. She won all of these playwriting awards. She had been his apprentice. Like all of these things, he told her, you know, it's so cliche, but he told her things like, you are the voice of your generation. And then what happened was she was assaulted. And, you know, she didn't tell anyone for years, but she just sunk into herself. Mm-hmm. And she never fully recovered. And there's no real concrete way. I remember in the writing process thinking, like, how do I show this? How do I illustrate this? And, you know, nothing concrete. She wasn't – she didn't have a job that was withdrawn. She didn't get fired from from a position. She just simply couldn't write. Mm -hmm. And and so I think that it's really complicated. Mm-hmm. We put out a call the other day for Me Too inspired art. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking visually about a lot of this stuff. And the image that keeps coming into my mind is this sort of cycle of self doubt that I know I have experienced in my own career when a man, possibly a boss, has paid too much attention to me. It's mm-hmm. suddenly like, oh, is that why I was hired? Actually, are you interested in me just for the way I look or because of something sexual, not because of my talent? Oh, am I not actually talented? Mm -hmm. Like, do I not deserve to be here? Wait, like it's this spiral that I think it's so easy to fall into. And that's, you know, that was just somebody looking at me weird. Mm -hmm. I identify with that, Jessica, especially because one of my own frustrations in seeing men often contribute to this conversation we're having, which I do think they should contribute and Mm -hmm. be a part of, is there's a lot of very earnest questions about, but how do I know and where's the line and does this mean that I shouldn't mentor young women anymore? And what frustrates me about those questions when I hear them is that as a woman who has come up in my own career, I have been made to question everything that I do. So I think having men do that as well is not a, a high bar to clear. 
I've done it. Yeah. A lot of yeah. women I know who are very professionally accomplished have also had to do it. Yeah. In terms of men looking at me, men offering me opportunities, mm-hmm. men showing interest in me professionally, I have had to second guess every opportunity I've ever had. That's Koa Beck there, editor-in-chief of Jezebel, joined as she is every week by Jessica Bennett, gender editor of The New York Times. And you can find all of their conversations on our website at thetakeaway.org slash Memos. Has workplace harassment or assault ever forced you to leave a job or an industry? Your stories are incredibly important to us. You can call us at 8778-MY-TAKE. You can always tweet us at The Takeaway. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Todd Zwillick. This is The Takeaway. Support for The Takeaway comes from Babbel, a language app that teaches real-life conversations in a new language like Spanish, French, and German. Babbel's 10- to 15-minute lessons are available in the App Store or online at Babbel. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And LegalZoom, providing public radio listeners with legal advice and guidance on business matters and estate plans through its network of independent attorneys. More information is available at LegalZoom.com slash takeaway. PRI Public Radio International.